following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. This morning's reading is from Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them an ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today is the day of Pentecost, and that reading is always one of our favorites here at Artisan. Um, we have our little inside joke about the nine in the morning thing, and uh, we have a long-standing tradition here uh, for what we do on Pentecost, which we're only going to do part of today. Um, but I love all of the um, all of the things going on in that story with language and nationality and. Uh, religious expectations being blown wide open. And so I, I, I think it's really wonderful that after the six weeks that we've spent looking at the stories from the book of Acts of what happened after this moment, that we go, kind of go back and look at this. What was the catalyst that, that happened, you know, that, that, was, that propelled the early Christians into doing all, all the things that they did and specifically into welcoming uh, populations of people who would not have before that been fully welcomed. So the spirit descending on all of those people in that, in that room is a lot of things, but I think 
the thing that struck me the most this year is that it's a, it's a fulfillment of promises. And this has been a year where the promises of life seem like they haven't quite been fulfilled. Um, maybe even that some of them have been broken. So I think um, here on May 23rd, 2021, it would be uh, great for us to take a moment to think about the fulfillment of God's promises in this story. And then what I'm, what I'm going to hope that we can do together is to share with each other how, God, uh, how God's promises have been fulfilled in our own lives this past season in spite of, maybe even sometimes because of the, the things that have happened. And um, so I'll say more about that when we get closer, but I just want to prepare those of you who need to warm up a little bit to the idea of sharing, that we're going to do some sharing uh, in the room, not everybody, <laughs> and on Zoom. So uh, I'll tell you more about it when we get there. But I just want to point out to you the fulfillment of promises that I see here. First of all, um, there's the fulfillment of Jesus' promises. We're going to go in reverse chronological order from the story of, the, in, of the, the Spirit descending on the day of Pentecost. Jesus had promised his disciples, and you could read about this in John 14. Uh, he says, I've said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. And then he goes on to say, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. So Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit would come, and here is the Holy Spirit. So this is first and foremost uh, a fulfillment of Jesus' promise. But it was also a fulfillment of the promise that had been given centuries earlier through the prophets. And Peter, when he stands up to make his declaration, alludes to this. Uh, he actually quotes from the prophet Joel. And it's, Joel, it's always easy to remember. It happens in Acts chapter 2, and the promise is in Joel chapter 2, if you wanted to go back and find it. But here's what God says ages earlier through the prophet Joel. Then afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It just means all bodies, all people. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, even on the male and female slaves in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So not only is this moment a fulfillment of Jesus' promise, but it's a fulfillment of the Lord's promise given through the prophet Joel. But it goes back even deeper and Further than that. It's even more ancient than that. It goes all the way back to the beginning of the story of God's people receiving a special blessing uh, when God first calls Abraham. This is the promise that Abraham receives. The Lord says, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And I wonder if we were in Abraham's shoes in that moment, if we would have thought, that's great. Can you put a period on that sentence right now? <laughs> I will pour, <laughs> I'll make of you a great nation. That sounds really good. I'm going to be in charge. And I will bless you. Thank you for your blessings. And make your name great, again, um, so that you, 
So that what? I thought there was going to be a period there. No. Nope. <laughs> so that you will be a blessing. The blessing given to Abraham was a specialized blessing, not because Abraham was special, but so that Abraham could carry that blessing out to others. The Lord says, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And then God says, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And this talk of nation and tribe and family, it's kind of all of one idea in the ancient Near Eastern world. So Abraham thought he was receiving a special blessing for his tribe, which didn't even exist yet. <laughs> um, but for the, the, the promise was, first of all, that you're going to have a tribe, that it's going to be great. But then the promise, very, very importantly, goes on to say, so that through you, all the families, all the nations, all the tribes of the earth will be blessed. And so this moment in the day of Pentecost, when people from all the nations and tribes and families of the earth are gathered in Jerusalem, of the known earth at least, right, for those people, they all receive this blessing. So we see promises fulfilled to Jesus, to Joel, to Abraham in this beautiful story. So one of the incredible uh, messages of the day of Pentecost is how equalizing it is. God's spirit descends on everybody in the room. I often say there's three great equalizers in the story of the people of God. It's, the, it's the, from the moment of creation when all people are made in God's image. It's the spirit descending on people and being given to people from all all over the known world, regardless of who they are, where they've been. And it's the church's implementation of these promises in Holy Communion, which is a table set by God that the church has the privilege of pulling chairs up to. And all three of those moments in the, in the story of God's people are great equalizing moments. This one, though, uh, Pentecost, um, is what we're talking about today, and Of course, it fits in this series so well because it's all about how the Spirit has fallen on all kinds of people, often against the expectation or preference of those with religious experience. And so, with all that in mind, I wanted to take a few moments today to hear what the Spirit of God might be doing in your lives in this season. Because it is not ever just about what one person sees in the scriptures and tells all the other people to think. We exist in community with each other and our stories matter deeply to each other. And if you have a story of God's promises being fulfilled in your life or maybe a story of a new promise that you're just starting to perceive in your life or maybe just any kind of thing that you feel the Spirit prodding you to share with your church community, um, I'm going to ask you to share it now. And there's a few ways we can do this. So there's some people joining us on Zoom uh, and actually on Facebook Live. I can't get to Facebook Live right now, so you can have your own conversation in that comment thread if you want, if you're joining us on Facebook, but I can't see it. I can see the chat in Zoom. And so if anybody uh, would like to um, 
type something into Zoom, you can, but also you can unmute yourself, and our Zoom director is, is now making it possible for you to turn your microphone on if you would like to and uh, share something, and the people in the room here at Artisan will hear it as well. If you're in the room at Artisan, just raise your hand, and um, I would love it if you'd be willing to use this microphone, which I can bring out to you, and that would make it so that the people on Zoom can hear you really well. So... Um, this is this is pretty open-ended, and uh, it's always a scary moment to know, is anybody going to respond? <laughs> but if you would like to, again, give me a hand in the room, or just type something in the chat, or unmute yourself and share in Zoom. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So, um, I'm Scott. And a lot of you know that, but a lot of you don't. And my husband's over here, like, sighing. I can't believe he's talking, but... <laughs> um, I just, I just want to share about, like, how we got to Artisan. Um, our church collapsed before we came, and um, I reached out to Scott because this was the type of church we were looking for. And... But it was in Rochester, we live in Syracuse, and I really didn't want to drive 75 minutes each way to come. But Scott didn't know of anything closer to me, and I did a lot of research, and um, we ended up here right before the, uh, the pandemic struck. And it was interesting because I'm glad we did it right before, and yet, I still didn't know if it was the right community for us, and um, I've been, when I came out, I've, I, my church community kind of abandoned me, and um, it's been a huge component of my life, my faith, and I wanted uh, to still have that feeling, but everywhere we went, the first place we went, it was like, come as you are, beloved, but you're wrong. And then the second place, it was like, we don't have any stance, but you're welcome to come. And uh, I, I'm beginning to see the fulfillment of God's promise it being an artisan. Because, um, you know, I'm part of this Open Doors group that meets on Wednesdays. And we've just been having a really rich, life-giving discussion about how the momentum of artisan makes us not just feel welcome, but makes us feel a part of and included and seen and valued for who we are. And that has been a 10-year process of waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled, and we are truly starting to see that. So I just wanted to share that. I guess I'll stand up. Um, so my name is Jake. Um, I guess I wanted to share something. Um, about five years ago, I went through some pretty devastating things, and I was left feeling very alone and isolated. And I think this is a sentiment that can be shared throughout the pandemic. Um, isolation is very tough. It's tough on everyone's mental health. And I think God's promise was that you're not going to be alone and you'll be connected. And today I'm sitting here with one of my best friends, uh, Scott has become one of my best friends and has been there um, in really hard times and places that no one else would probably be willing to go and um, a lot of the people here whether they know me or not 
Um, I can feel that connectedness with everyone in the room. And it's been a huge fulfillment, even through a pandemic, that no one's going to be alone. Mental health matters, and we're all there for each other, whether we um, really realize it or not. So um, I think God can work through times that are really difficult and pull us through, and we might end up. (laughs) It's just a little emotional for me because I've been alone in dark places and it felt like no one was physically able to be there and I've experienced God's love through people that everyone said God can't work through and um, it's just been amazing so I just want to share that Thank you Um, if there's someone on Zoom who wants to unmute you can do that if there's someone in the room um we can bring the mic to you. It kind of feels like a hot potato right now. <laughs> I'll just take it for now. You can be comfortable. Oh. Hey, everybody. Hi. Uh, so in this past year, uh, like everybody else, I've been dealing with the pandemic and with this social isolation, which has been really tough on me personally because I love people Um, but through having all this alone time I've been able to reflect and like realize a lot about myself internally and realize that I am never alone because I have myself and I have my own support system Um, so yeah yeah that's all I got to share. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that comment. I think on the other side of the room, is that Jackie over there? <laughs> Hi, everyone. If no one knows me, I'm Jackie. Um, so this year has been actually very... Um, I feel like my relationship with God has really blossomed in a lot of ways because of, you know, forcing myself into Sabbath and slowing down and just really trying to take into account my yeses and my noes. And um, Paul and I have just received a call a couple weeks ago to, we just became certified to foster kiddos. And so we just got our first placement, which was nothing that we expected at all. Because we said, we don't want teenagers. And they're like, we have a 13-year-old boy. (laughs) And once we learned about his case, we were like, we literally have to do this. Like, he was like, he wants to learn more about Jesus. And we were like, okay, we have have to say yes. Um, But in this season of, like, me wanting to say no to more things, because you kind of get into the habit of saying no, and then you kind of get addicted to it, because I was always a person that said yes to things. And it's that balance of trying to learn. Um, I just feel like God's grace, that verse about God's grace being sufficient, has just continued to sweep in. And even though it feels so, you know, on a personal note, I've been really, really, really sick. And, um, like, was in the hospital on Friday. And there's just a lot of, like, sickness and things like that that we're trying to figure out. Um, But still, with all of that on top of it, it just feels like God is um, 
just listening to all of you, he reminded me of the verse of like, God sets the lonely in families, and that's the reason we're fostering. And no matter like what each of your circumstances are in feeling lonely or isolated, that verse just continues to um, kind of like hover over me of he sets the lonely in families. And so um, I just use that as an encouragement for you because I know that that has been really encouraging for us. Um, and I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Um, my name is Paul. I am Jackie's husband. I have to fact check one thing she just said. So Jackie said that we were both like, yeah, let's foster this particular kid. Jackie was like that. I was like, no, not yet. Uh, but then I prayed and I came around. Um, and uh, there's a, yeah, so, so that's same with me. That's been very much a way that God has met our us in our marriage and in our family leading up to this but there's another thing that i wanted to share about that's happened to me this past year that's been a really remarkable way that god has uh met me and especially something that i see him working through in hindsight so this was uh 2016 was a really difficult year for me it was a lot of a year of really heavy depression and a lot of self-loathing and just kind of despair about the rest of my life, just feeling like I've been depressed for so long and I don't see it getting any better and uh, just kind of felt like adulthood was going to be this long series of things I would just keep failing at and could never uh, measure up to or succeed in. So it, it got so bad to this point where I was suicidal and I was on a bridge uh, contemplating jumping off and that same night a, a person who I didn't know came up to me she was maybe 40 feet away from me at the start and then she came up and asked if I was okay and intervened in a way that was uh, very gracious and loving and, and uh, just was exactly what I needed uh, at that moment uh, she was a Christian, she was a social worker, so she was, she was very trained uh, to handle that. And then, um, so I did not see her for four years. And then, uh, so I'm currently getting my master's in social work, and I did my internship placement this year. And the person who is interviewing me over Zoom, I see her, and I was like, holy crap, I think it's that lady. And then at, towards the end of the call, because I was debating bringing it up, because if it's not her, that's a, it's a weird conversation. <laughs> um, so I asked her, I, I started to kind of bring up the story. I'm like, this is a little weird, but I think I might have met you this one other time. And then it was her. And she started crying, and, and I started crying. And then she actually was my social work field placement supervisor this whole year. Uh, and I, I grew a lot under her. And I, when I think about some of the prayers that I prayed around when I was very depressed about asking God to um, just restore me and, and heal me emotionally and 
and help me get out of this funk. Uh, there's so many ways I've seen the work he did really transform me and transform my marriage and, and how I work with the students I work with and the school I'm at. So, yeah, I'm just I'm so grateful for this, this past year and all, all that God did in it. Thank you, Paul. Thanks. Um, I haven't seen anybody in Zoom raise their hand or use a comment uh, to let me know that you want to share next. But if you do, go ahead and let me know. And uh, if there's anybody else in the room, we have time for maybe a couple more, maybe two more. Yeah. Hi, my name is Trinity. Um, I am a foster kid with my mom and dad, Carrie and Jesse Hall. Um, so recently, last year, June 29th of 2020, um, my dad had passed away. And it was really hard for me because that was someone that I was really close with and someone that's like really been there for me. And um, I, wasn't be, I wasn't able to live with my mom because our relationship wasn't healthy for neither of us. So I had to go. And when I came back, the day that I came back was the same day that my dad had passed away. And it was really hard for me because I was already like depressed and everything. And then coming home, going around the house, looking for my dad and realizing that he wasn't there really hurt me. So I went to go ask my mom. I'm like, hey mom, where's dad at? And she's like, sit down, we need to have a talk. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking the worst and everything. And when she sat there and said, Daddy's not here anymore. Daddy's gone to a better place. I, I broke down in tears. Um, it, was, it was hard for me. And I couldn't, I didn't know how to process it. Um, it was, my mom can handle it a lot better than I could. And... That, like, I thought that I was going to, I thought I had nobody left, you know, because um, my, my dad was my life. He's been there with me for my ups and my downs. And realizing that he wasn't there anymore really put a hole in my heart. So I, my whole life, I though my whole time, I thought that I had nobody else, but then I turned to God, and he's, he's helped me get through a lot. He helped me realize that I'm not alone, that I do have people with me that care for me and that want to help me do good, you know? And I've been in foster care a lot, and a lot of the homes that I've been in haven't been really good. So, but when I came to my home, but my mom and dad, Carrie and Jesse, it, re it really changed me. I feel like God gave me another chance at a new life and happiness to be with people that actually care and love for me. And I have an amazing little brother, Adesio. Um, he's the sweetest thing. And they've 
like they've helped me get through a lot. They helped me realize that I'm not alone, that there are people, and I, I really appreciate that, you know? Like, and I'm starting to realize, to, I'm not really at the acceptance stage, but I am. I'm starting to realize that, I mean, it happens for a reason. It's your time for a reason, you know? And so I'm starting to realize that maybe, maybe it was his time to go. Maybe he was meant to flourish in heaven. And um, I, it's hard for me still because, like, that's my dad, and that's the only father figure that um, I was actually really close with. But I'm just, I'm happy because my wonderful family. And God has given me another chance at a better life and happiness. Thank you. Trinity, thank you for sharing that. It was very brave and inspiring. Um, we're going to close our sharing time now. Um, if you just, yeah, you can bring that right to me. That's fine. Thanks. Um, if you really wanted to share something, I still really want to hear it, even though we're running out of time here. So you can reach out to me. Tell me after or email me. Um, we'd love to hear that. Uh, we have a really special final song in just a minute, but I'm going to um, close us with this beautiful prayer from Richard Rohr, and then we'll take communion together as, uh, as our song leaders are coming in. Let's pray. Loving God, you fill all things with a fullness and hope that we can never comprehend. Thank you for leading us into a time where more of reality is being unveiled for us all to see. We pray that you will take away our natural temptation for cynicism, denial, fear, and despair. Help us to have the courage to awaken to greater truth, greater humility, and greater care for one another. May we place our hope in what matters and what lasts, trusting in your eternal presence and love. Listen to our heart's longings for the healing of our suffering world. Knowing, good God, you are hearing us better than we are speaking. We offer these prayers in the holy names of God. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.